Welcome to Wellversed, where we bring biblical principles of governance to governmental leaders and you. This is the Wellversed podcast. I'm going to go next to Edward Bartlett. We're going to the Washington, D.C. area, and uh, this is one of the most astounding stories. When our government passed Title IX years ago, he can tell us the year, Title IX was passed, and to protect women and women's sports, and then it's been turned on its head to take advantage of and, frankly, abuse women. Edward Bartlett, you can bring us up to speed on really what Title IX is. People outside of academia are not quite as familiar with it. So help them understand what Title IX is and what's happened recently and what we can do. Welcome. We're so glad you're on with us. Take just the first 30 seconds or a minute to tell us a little bit about you, who you are, and then let's jump into Title IX. Certainly, Jim. Thank you for inviting me. Delighted to be here with you and your group. Um, my name is Edward Bartlett. I live in Rockville, Maryland. Um, I have three boys. I have a lovely wife, uh, Laura. Um, and uh, my passion is to uh, assure truth and justice. That's fundamentally what my, my life mission is about. Um, so let, let's transition and talk about Title IX. So I'm gonna start by quoting a passage, for, passage from Genesis 1, uh, 26 to 27. Quote, so God created mankind in his own image. He created that, him in the image of God. He created them male and female. That's profound and that's very important. The Title IX law, to answer your question, Jim, was passed 50 years ago, 1972. Um, at, at that time, it was not really viewed as very controversial because uh, people pretty much agreed we should not have sex discrimination in our nation's schools, schools from elementary all the way up to college. So Title IX went, went along for many years, pretty much off the radar screen until um, 11 years ago, when uh, then President Obama decided to use Title IX as a tool to promote a, uh, we're gonna call it the gender agenda. And so he uh, made a number of changes, he and the Department of Education, I, sh I should say, made a number of changes to create what we now call kangaroo courts, campus kangaroo courts. These are the uh, disciplinary committees at colleges that uh, don't believe in due process. They, they don't even know what it means. They don't believe in the presumption of innocence. They don't believe in uh, impartial and fair investigations. They basically believe, well, if the accusation is made, it has to be truthful, so we'll kick the guy out. So <clears throat> because there was so much abuse of the concept of due process, for many years, uh, there were lawsuits. Uh, these accused students, mostly men, uh, they won the majority of like, these lawsuits against the college. Now let's fast forward to uh, the Donald Trump era and Betsy DeVos, the new head of the Department of Education. Uh, they saw that the they saw the the, uh, the campus kangaroo courts. They were not pleased with what they saw. It, it deviated significantly 
from the concept of equal protection under the law. It deviated from our concept of fairness. So they implement, developed and, and implemented a new regulation that went into effect uh, in August of 2020. Uh, in other words, um, two and a half years ago. Well, <laughs> let's now fast forward to our, our newer, most recent president. He promised a, quote, a quick end to this regulation because, um, well, <laughs> he just thought it wasn't fair, uh, at least to the accusers. But what has now plunged the Title IX issue into a national controversy is an attempt to redefine the meaning of sex. Now, we, we, we just read a minute ago the, that key passage from Genesis. Well, here goes. Uh, the proposed, this is a proposal. It's not in effect yet, but the proposal is to change the definition of sex to include uh, gender identity, right? Gender identity, and I'm, I'm sure everybody on this uh, call has heard that term. What does it mean? It means that um, if you wake up at eight, eight o'clock in the morning and you decide you are, um, uh, you, you know, if I were to decide, hey, I'm female, um, that's, that's all I need to do. I feel like I'm female. And if I want to change that, you know, a day later, Nobody's going to say no. So now we have situations like uh, women's sports, where we see biological males who are now competing against biological females, but they're saying that they're transgender uh, females. In other words, they were they were born uh, male, but they one day they decided, okay, uh, I feel like I'm female today. So we have Leah Thomas uh, at University of Pennsylvania was competing against female swimmer, swimmers. Well, if I told you that he won all of his competitions, I don't think you would be surprised. And that's exactly what's happened. So Leah Thomas has, has actually instigated a, an enormous controversy. And it turns out it's not just women's sports. And Stanley, I don't know if you're able to uh, <clears throat> do a screen share of that that link that I that I sent you, but this the, the controversies have now spilled out over into essentially every aspect of our of our family life, of, of schools, and even of our society. Uh, Stanley, is that are you making progress on that? Screen Alan, that's Alan. Oh, okay. Alan, if you can uh, bring it up. There we go. Excellent. So uh, go to the next slider. In other words, give it a, a second or so. It'll go to the next. It's going to say uh, the gender agenda. Hopefully it's going to slide. Mm, it's not sliding. Well, <laughs> all right. If Would you click on the learn more? Oh. <laughs> You're able to bring it back up, Alan. Here we go. All right. So if, if there you go. Now, that's what I, if you would click on the word stop the gender agenda and do it quickly before it, it, it goes to the next slider. So, so what, what used to be called, what was originally an effort to stop sex discrimination in school has now morphed into something that we call the gender agenda. And if you could scroll down just a little bit to, to see what's on this page. So now you, you, you've probably heard of 
uh, 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 boys going into girls' bathrooms or vice versa. You, you, you may have heard of um, children who have been secretly transitioned at their, at their school. And I'm talking about children in, in elementary school or teenagers who have been trans, transitioned to a different gender without the parent's knowledge or, or approval or consent. That's a parental rights issue. We have in the next bullet there, we have these pronoun mandates. For example, there was a, uh, an eighth grader in Wisconsin who refused to use the, the, the preferred pronoun mandates for one of his classmates. So he was hit with a Title IX sexual harassment complaint. Uh, he just wanted to call the girl her, she and her. But anyway, <laughs> uh, so that's, that's uh, one of the pronoun mandates. Then we have the due process. I've already talked about the campus kangaroo courts. I've talked about women's sports. So you can see how this, this law that was relatively uncontroversial 50 years ago has now been turned into a mechanism to radically change our culture, to infringe on parental rights, to convince children that they're a different sex than, than, than how they were born. So anyway, so we are actually, this coming Monday, um, my organization will be launching a campaign called Stop the Gender Agenda. And so uh, we'll be, each week of the campaign, we'll be focusing on different aspects of the gender agenda, like gender transitioning, like free speech, like domestic violence. So anyway, so I've, I've given kind of a, a really quick summary uh, I hope you are alarmed. I hope you are, actually, I hope you're shocked by this information. It is shocking. So I'll be happy to answer any questions. We're not shocked because we've heard of it so much recently, but we're repulsed by the sense in which it violates the heart of God and the whole Genesis creation account. Do we have any significant legal victories that have occurred in this arena? Well, that is a great question, and the answer in a, in a, to answer that succinctly is yes. Um, I've already talked about the title, the due process lawsuits, um, and we actually did a press release two weeks ago, and we actually listed all of those lawsuits. So there have been, a, a okay, so this proposed regulation uh, came out in June, June 23rd of last year. And so we've tracked all of the, the judicial victories and we've identified 29 of these judicial victories. Uh, some of them relate to women's sports. Some of them relate to um, one of the mandates from the Department of Health and Human Services to physicians saying, you, if a patient asks you for, for gender transitioning surgery, you have to give it regardless of your Hippocratic oath, regardless of your concerns about medical malpractice, you have to, to do that procedure. So there have been actually two lawsuits that, that said no to the Department of Health and Human Services. You can't force physicians to practice medicine in ways that violate their conscience. So yes, we have had very significant judicial victories in the last several months. Mario, what questions do you have? Um, 
number one, what percentage of our population would, would you say is in transgender, gender uh, transition, has gender transition? Yeah, Mario. So, so if you had asked me that question um, a year ago, I would have said, uh, uh, and I'm talking about youth here, uh, it, it, it's, it's less than 5%. But what's happened in, in literally the last few months is that this has become sort of a fad in, in, in schools, especially I think in high schools, it's become a fad to say, oh yeah, I'm transgender. Um, let, you know, look at me, I'm transgender. So I, have, I was actually at a conference a few months ago, mother came to, to me from Tennessee. She said half of all of the girls in her daughter's middle school are now claiming to be transgender. So, so this, this has just taken off like wildfire. Yeah, that's terrible. Um, so it, it, it looks like this thing just developed out of nowhere right? Uh, unless people were following this. <clears throat> what was happening during the Trump administration? The, the, they must have been working clandestinely uh, for some time. Um, I, I know you mentioned um, uh, under the um, DeBoss uh, uh, and Trump's administration, did this just happen when Biden became president? Or no, they've been working and now we're just finding out about it. Yes, yeah, more the latter, Mario. You, this actually goes back to the uh, to the 1960s, uh, Johns Hopkins Hospital in Baltimore, Maryland, set up what they call the Gender Identity Clinic. And you can do a, a, a Google search on those words, Gender Identity Clinic. And they started doing these, these, uh, these mutilation procedures. And so it, 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 it was pretty much below the, off the radar screen until our current uh, administration started to very aggressively push this idea. Um, I, I live in Florida, and obviously, there's great, great, uh, great governor, great legislation in Florida. Uh, our public schools are forbidden by state law from indoctrinating young young children with transgender ideology uh, or attempting any trans uh, transition of children without the parents' consent, et cetera, other uh, regulations, executive orders, and legislation. Um, what can other states do in following Florida's example? And will that pass muster? Is the federal government uh, going after uh, Florida and DeSantis to try to undo the protections we have here? So as far as what, what can the people on this call do and what can, uh, various organizations around the country do. So very definitely, yes, there are things that can be done. On our website, we didn't look at it just now, but on our website, we for each of those six areas, gender transitioning, free speech, women's sports, et cetera, et cetera, for each of those pages, we have a model legislation. And so you, you can, you know, you can choose whatever issue you're really concerned about parental rights, perhaps, and you can identify. Okay, this is the this is the model legislation. There may be a couple possibilities. Uh, so that's you. You can work legislatively at the state level. Um, some parents have decided to take things into their own hands and run for the school board, 
and they've been actually in Florida, there, there have been many successes of uh, school boards literally flipping uh, to being pro, going from anti-parental involvement to pro-parental involvement. So absolutely, there are things that we can do, and I would say things that we really must do. Thank you so much. Back to you, Jim. Just for clarification uh, to all of us, there's no such thing as the transgender. You can't trans change your, your gender. You have the same chromosome makeup, period. If they were to find a body somewhere and determine whether it's a man or a woman, uh, they, they, the chromosomes would indicate however you were born. So there technically is no such thing as a transgender. In, in terms of the increase, um, we used to think of homosexuality about 1.8% among males. Uh, a little bit higher percentage among males, I should say, has more for females. But this uh, sort of obsession to be cool with this very chic and hip right now. So consequently, in even a Christian school, 15 to 17% are calling them LB, LG, LGBTQ. Um, and then uh, among uh, Gen Z, up to as much as 22%. So we're seeing what the distortion, the demonic presence is doing to an entire entire generation. Uh, I just want to mention one more thing. I'm going to be interviewing in the future Dr. Jay Richards from the Heritage Institute. He's working with federal legislation to try to stop this in state. And I'm going to be interviewing in the future a, a man by the name of Kevin Witt, who came out of this world, who was one of them, drag queen, prostitute, transgender, etc., and who's working feverishly hard to try to stop it. And so we find we need to find on this issue, and I, I'm sure Mr. Bartlett could. Help, help us do this. This is an area where the vast majority of Americans stand in opposition to this. Um, many, many Democrat, the rank and file Democrat would be absolutely opposed to this, even though many of the elected officials in DC are actually supporting it. So find those who will work with you on this. Uh, Francis Schaefer taught us the principle of co-belligerency. That's working with people who have otherwise hostile values so we can achieve a kingdom goal. And you, a most obvious example would be radical feminism hated pornography, it used to at least. And so you could link together and help fight pornography in a community and try to bring it down. This is a case where even quite a few homosexual organizations are actually in opposition to this. Uh, this is a bizarre thing. So uh, Edward, talk to us about how do we articulate this? Let's suppose we have an elevator version, we only have from the first floor or the eighth floor to talk to somebody. What do we say? How do we say it? And what websites can we go to direct others to? And how can we link up with people that normally we would not consider our allies in a battle, who in fact, there's many of them out there if we can connect and activate? Uh, I'll try to answer all of your questions, Jim. So, um, I think I'll start with your last question. So we have actually established what's called the Title IX Network. Again, Title IX Network. Right now we have 204 organizations around the country. Many of them are large national organizations. Uh, about half of them are state level organizations that uh, are working uh, with the school board. So, so, um, uh, send me an email, we can, we can get you connected. There's no membership fees, it's very easy. Uh, so join the, the, the Title IX network. As far as the-, the website, Your website again is what, Edward? Yeah, it's save, 
saveservices.org, saveservices.org. Um, and it's the Title IX Network and, we, and it's for organizations. So, so if you are affiliated with an organization, we'd be delighted to have you come on board. We have calls every Wednesday at one o'clock where people brainstorm, talk to, get updates and so forth. Um, to answer your qu other question, Jim, about the elevator pitch, yeah, um, I, I, I think that when we talk about this, the more we can explain it in personal terms, the better. Not as some abstract academic or political issue, but rather, for example, and I'm gonna actually take an example from Florida <clears throat> that happened uh, last year. So uh, one day, uh, 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 two parents in Florida learned that their their female uh, daughter uh, in, in high school was undergoing the transitioning process, uh, again, without their knowledge, without their consent. They kind of learned about this at, at the tail end. She had a new name. She was, you know, she was thinking of herself as a male, et cetera, et cetera. And and apparently she had uh, some depression previously. Well, this whole, let's call it an experiment. This experiment simply made the depression worse. And one day they, they discovered their, their daughter attempting to commit suicide in their, in, in their own home. They were able to save her. But, you know, these are the true stories. Uh, earlier in our conversation, you mentioned the, the detransitioners. Uh, the detransitioners have a very powerful story to tell. So, yeah, I mean, tell these real, these real uh, heart-rending stories. They're the, they're the stories that people will connect with. And uh, tracing the money, I don't know the exact figure, but I have heard that it's up to as much as $3 million is to be made. Um, and, and when this takes place, when insurance has to, or the government has to, to pay so there's tremendous amount of money to be paid the other thing i've read a good bit on you would know much better than i would almost all of these cases are simply people who struggle with depression and so they simply said okay you you're, you're having a gender dysphoria that's your problem and signed them off to surgery only to find out as you exactly said it made it considerably worse once they what they had did you want to comment on that the actual cost and the money that's being made by uh, certain individuals as this process goes on? It's generally believed, Jim, that a lot of this is being driven by the pharmaceutical industry because the, the gender transitioning process happens in three steps. The first step is the social transitioning where the, where the, the child or student is assigned a new name, a name of the opposite sex. So that's the social transition. The second is medication transitioning where they start taking what's called puberty blockers when they're nine or 10 or 11 years old, uh, which are designed to, to actually delay or prevent the development of secondary sex characteristics. And this is where the pharmaceutical companies make a lot of money. Uh, the third step of this whole process is the, is the surgical alteration or surgical mutilation. Uh, metaphorically referred to as top surgery or bottom surgery. I think you know what I'm talking about when I say those words. 
<clears throat> do you have any sensing of the kind of money that's made on this? What what it cost from from start to finish, or for a person to go through this, and the kind of funds that are earned by certain entities? You know, I don't know the answer to that question, Jim, uh, and I haven't actually seen anybody estimate it. I mean, this is such a novel phenomenon and such a novel threat to our families and society. So we're still trying to get a handle on the dimensions of this. I'll just give you an example, something I learned today. In some schools, uh, girls are now referring to themselves as kittens, right? And literally are dressing like they are kittens and even urinating in the classroom like kittens would do. So you can see this has just gone totally insane. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please read the show notes for additional details if you would like a copy of the book or resources mentioned. Remember that WellVersed is a 501c3 tax-deductible nonprofit organization. We rely on your support and partnership. Don't forget to hit subscribe to keep up to date with our latest episodes. Leave us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. Thank you for listening to the WellVersed podcast. For more information, please go to www.wellversedworld.org.